You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Who talks first? Oh, I'm going to talk. Wow. How you, you doing? You cut me off. I didn't even get to do my Star Wars Episode 7 oh, reference. No, no, no. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's now. restart the whole it's thing. too late. You spoke. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that scene, too. That's so embarrassing. Isn't that eight? No, that's seven, man. That's like Kylo Ren comes down after the stormtroopers have wreaked havoc in the village. And no, who got... talks first? You talk first. That's Hux. No, no, no. That is... Because that's that scene is, is eight. Oscar... Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, Kylo Ren no. are in the village in episode seven. I just watched this movie. Okay, well, I trust And they you. like get him down, you know, because he takes a shot at Kylo Ren and he does the force thing, pff, stops the bolt. Yeah. And oh. they hit him. He's like, got down oh, his knees. first yeah. scene. Yeah. And he's like, who talks first? So does I that mean first. that his conversation with Hux is a callback? Then yeah, it has to be. Huh. Which is funny that you mentioned that because I haven't seen The Last Jedi in ages. No. Not since it was like in theaters. <laughs> but I don't remember that moment. Yeah. So Hux is in his Star Destroyer and uh, Oscar Isaac is like, he's like, no, I'll, I'll hold. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I and I feel like there's a similar thing. Anyway, yeah, that's a great little. I hope they I hope we see another false start. Another conversation. false start conversation at the beginning of episode <laughs> nine. Oh, so slash good. that would have released by the time this episode is out. I hope we saw a great <laughs> false start conversation just so recently. Because welcome to 2020. Woo, wow, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Rising Church Podcast in 2020. 2020. Still us. 2020. Still you. Hopefully <laughs> a little. Hopefully a little better because. Um, we grow as people. <laughs> Whether we're bloating or moving, we're growing. Yeah. How do you like another. that for a visual? It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in the year 2020, I'm still Josiah, and he's still Ethan. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, That's I all was- I've got. That's okay. That's it. Because we got a lot of unique content to talk about. I'm yeah. sure you noticed by the title of the episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you've noticed that Ethan and I are creatures of habit because oh. we banter at first. That's our habit. And frequently forget to introduce ourselves. We do. That's our habit. Working on it. And you know what? We're all creatures of habit. Yes. All of us. It's very true. Whether we realize it or not, even mm. every single person has developed certain habits over the course of their lives. That's, I think that's fair. Yeah. You have. I have. Whoever you are listening, you have. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. Into the new year. The question is not whether or not we have habits. The question is, have we intentionally formed our habits mm. with a particular end in mind? Or have our habits been haphazardly formed with no thought given to how they are actually deforming us? I see. Uh, you said deforming. Yeah. That time that's a little play on words. Little flip. Yeah. A little play on words. I Thanks for calling say... attention to that. <laughs> I would say that's the more likely case. Yeah. I can think of very few times I did it on purpose. (laughs) I mean, same. (laughs) Uh, Which is what we want to talk about today, because the incredible thing about habits is that they both shape us and reveal things about us so mm, so we're gonna whoa. get in the weeds on this we're a gonna bit. we're gonna get into the weeds I especially am, you know mm, yeah i'm yeah. here for it yeah probably helps if i provide an example from my own life of what i'm talking about when i talk about habits by all means right i have the bad habit of biting my nails mm. when i'm thinking intently about something or when i'm feeling particularly anxious i don't even remember how this habit of mine got started <laughs> oh i don't remember but now without even thinking about it mm. and without even realizing it most of the time when i start to really focus on something like at work or when my heart starts racing, my fingernails between my teeth. Oof. Just chattering away like a nervous bunny. <laughs> just on a, on a carrot. I'm picturing like Acme Hour. That's it, yeah. <laughs> like just like coming off like... Like, <laughs> like a tight right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And that may not even seem like a huge deal. And in the strictest sense, I suppose it's not. But here's the thing. 
even this little bad habit of mine is pretty revealing because based on the semi-constant condition of my fingernails, <laughs> it doesn't take long to see that I'm apparently bent toward either intense focus or raging anxiety. Uh, that habit is pretty revealing about my inner state. And not only does this habit reveal me as a high-strung person, but the habit of nail-biting reinforces my high-strungness. Oh, it's a cycle. Yeah, like I look at my nails and go, oh, crikey, you know, I've got too much to do today. And I start, you know, I keep biting them and, and my high-strungness is reinforced and thus continues. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, like the product of this habit lays bare something more about you as a person. It does. But in as a result, it is a trigger for you to go back into the cycle. Yes, exactly. Wow, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? It's not good. So yeah, you you don't want to maybe be careful about probing too deeply into some of your little habits because then you realize your your life's a mess, <laughs> like mine is. So my whole point with that weird digression is that our habits are important, and we ought to try to intentionally develop and shape our habits because if what I've said about my fingernail biting is true, our habits are developing and shaping us in yeah. some way, which. Now that we've hinted at this a few times already, I'm sure our astute listeners can sense where we're going with this discussion, because at this point, it's almost too obvious. It is? <laughs> it's not even... I'm serious. <laughs> oh, Keeping it real. Yep. Just going to be honest. I'm not sure... I'm not sure. <laughs> well, behold, the new year has dawning yeah, on us. Yeah. And um, we're there now. This is a church podcast. Our listeners are probably thinking they're going to talk to us about our habits of Bible reading and prayer, aren't they? Uh, so resolutions, the thing yeah. I've never properly done. Right. <laughs> That is what I was. Yeah, that is what I was thinking. Thank you. I was just, I was just leading you on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have any of us really? I'm you not, know, resolutions. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's something to work. It's my resolution. <laughs> it's to my work resolution on. is to work on resolutions. It's resolutionception. <laughs> Do people still say that? Do they tag on like "ception" I, as like a suffix? I don't for, think so. No. Nope. <laughs> My resolution needs to come and make another one of those films <laughs> so it can come back. <laughs> My resolution is to stop doing that. <laughs> okay, so time of year aside, what we'd like to talk about in this episode is our habits and forming them intentionally. But I don't think we're going to approach this conversation in the normal fashion or mm -hmm. the way that you might be expecting. Because we've discussed some of the big picture items with Bible reading in particular in a previous episode entitled Plans and Resolutions for Scripture, yeah. which released in December of 2018. Oh, wow. If you want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, that was last year. Slash, I mean, technically how you view it chronologically. It was a year ago. It's a little over a year ago yeah. by the time this episode releases. That episode dealt with things like what kind of Bible reading plan you should use or what kind of translation, things that are more closely affiliated with New Year's resolutions, perhaps. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I, I'm sure yeah. at that episode I made mention of how terrible I am at this discipline. And I'd love to say <laughs> that with 2019 behind us that I've completely turned that around, but you know, <laughs> you know, funny, funny thing though, um, with the Advent readings that we did for our podcast series in yeah. December, mm -hmm. that really took me by surprise. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it was fun to be a part of, of course, but like hearing the finished product and, uh, you know, what Zach was able to do to elevate it behind the scenes, it was uh, a very meaningful, I mean, even moving experience at times. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming. And I love that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So just being able to experience that with such a change of pace made me want to seek it out more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if we were secretly planning that as some sort of like habit forming Trojan horse. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I will take it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, that was, I mean, that was a really great experience for me. So yeah, they were so good, and I say that primarily because of all the people involved. Yeah. You know, the readers did a wonderful job. Zach did an excellent job editing all of those together and making them sound wonderful. And uh, you know, at the risk of sounding self-aggrandizing, <laughs> I mean, I'd be listening to them, and I found myself getting choked up yeah. with some of them. And I hope that they were helpful to all of you who mm-hmm. are listening. In fact, that's actually part of why I want to talk about this topic. Okay. To help us make that kind of listening and reading of God's word into a habitual part of our days. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that became something you could rely on, depend, and you could count on. You knew it was coming out. Yeah. That, which was pretty neat. Exactly. Here's where we're going to be differing, I think, a little bit than what you might be expecting for a discussion like this. We're going to be talking solely about the physical bodily elements of developing the habit or ritual, if you will, of what the evangelist George Whitfield might have called secret worship, or what we would call today devotions or quiet time. Mm, See, secret worship really captures the imagination. Quiet time, uh, I'm going to call it secret worship. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to stick with that. (laughs) Yeah, that term does seem to capture something more hearty and robust about the nature of our personal time spent with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So I like that term. He, he may have actually technically, I was trying to remember, he wrote this in one of his sermons that I read recently and I couldn't quite track it down, but he may have actually called it secret prayer, secret worship. I, I don't remember exactly. It was something along those lines and I like secret worship and I Me think too. that captures it. So all that to say, when I talk about developing this habit of reading prayer, I'm talking down to the nitty gritty physical details of it. Not just talking about like, here's why you should do it. And, you know, here's like, I'm not like, here's how to develop physically the habit of reading your Bible regularly, doing secret worship. And just so we are clear before we get into that, habits and rituals do come up in a positive light pretty frequently in the scriptures themselves. Sure. Because I think there is some good pushback against empty ritualism. Yeah. Like saying like, oh, we just do this because it's just the thing we do. Exactly. But all that to say is scripture has some good things to say about habits and rituals. Like the whole Mosaic law, for instance, has so many daily offerings, morning and evening that were offered, obviously, habitually. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to the rhythm of the whole calendar year of their sacrifices and festivals, that was like your habit. You attended Passover every year and you attended, you know, the, the festival booths every year. So that's kind of on a big scale. But then you got some like classic stories. Like Daniel. You remember Daniel was one of the young men who was carried off into Babylon in exile. And he made it his habit to pray three times a day to God. Mm. And there were some people who added out for him, some political enemies, and like, hey, king, uh, why don't you sign an edict saying no one can pray except to you? (laughs) And knowing that Daniel wouldn't follow this. And we read in Daniel 6 that when he knew that this evil document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Yeah. I, it was a habit of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read in the Psalms, Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. Mother. That's the habit of the psalmist. Seven That's... times a day, he's setting aside to say, mm, I'm doing this. That's clockwork. That is. Jesus, of course, we read in the Gospel of Luke, chapter four, verse 16, is just an example. He came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So he's got a habit there. Luke twenty two thirty nine. Jesus came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. So this is just a couple examples that we've thrown together to show that habits aren't bad things. Like right. it's it's good to have habits. Habits are shaping us, they're forming us. We ought to be forming them to some extent. 
and what we've called attention to is pretty focused on the individual level. Like we haven't really, minus that brief reference to the Mosaic Law, touched on corporate habits. Yeah. We've not really even discussed the way that both good habits and evil habits are so easily passed down from generation to generation. I mean, you sure. think of all the wicked kings and, and the book of Judges. The I mean, it's just like, literally end to end of that book. Yeah. Like it's just like, oh, here's one basically evil disposition handed down from generation to generation. <laughs> so there's obviously power in habit. And when we're thinking of developing the habit or ritual or liturgy, whatever you want to call it, of secret worship or private devotions, we want to think about the physicality of it. And so for the purposes of this episode, like I said, what we're going to be discussing are things like where you are doing your secret worship or your devotions. What kind of conditions are you in? What is your literal bodily posture? Oh, wow as you are engaging in this. So, all that to say, and I I hesitate to do this, because I truly, I don't want to hold up my personal ritual (laughs) as the exhibit A, or make myself seem holier than I actually am, because I'm I'm hyper aware of how dangerous this this exercise could (laughs) be. If you were just talking to me, I would want to know exactly how this goes down. That's reassuring. But here's the habit of my private devotions or my secret worship, to kind of hold up as a template so we can discuss this further. Okay. Okay. A little background, I'm at a stage in life where I want to spend my evenings with my wife and daughter, Morgan Mm -hmm. and Abby. I want to fulfill my role as a husband and father. So that's what I'm doing with my evenings. That's how I'm spending them. Which means that my own personal private devotions slash secret worship have to happen early in the morning. Mm. So everything I'm about to describe to you is my habit. Like, it is the rare exception that I do not do the things I'm about to describe. And I feel super weird inside when I don't do them. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's what it looks like. I get up quite early and I make myself a cup of coffee. Right, which is that's a little ritual I have in and of itself. I have a pretty elaborate coffee making process. Um, So I make that cup of coffee. I drive to the church in silence, kind of prepare my heart for the day and prepare myself for prayer. And then I get to the church, I head into my office, and the first thing I do after I turn on the lights is I kneel in prayer. And the kneeling piece is important because my bodily posture informs my attitude in prayer. When I'm praying, I'm praying through the Book of Common Prayer, which we did a little bit of that in a previous episode. After I've done that, I take my first sip of coffee. I don't sip that coffee until I've prayed. That is discipline. Then I do my scripture reading, and I do that facing toward my window, looking out toward the east, toward the sunrise, sipping on my coffee. Then once I've read, I typically choose a verse or two, really struck my heart, and I meditate on them for a few minutes. Then pray through the final portion of the Book of Common Prayer at my desk, palms turn up, and when I say amen, then it's off to the races for the work day. Can I ask how much time allots? That sentence really just just fell out of my face, but you know what I'm asking. It depends, is the short answer. I at least allot myself 25 to 30 minutes for that. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, at least. Yeah. Okay. And then if I'm feeling, like this morning, I was particularly struck by one verse, and I was like, I need to really spend some time on that yeah. a little longer. And it was closer to 40 minutes. But I allot myself at least 25 to 30. Um, yeah. And that's typically about what it takes. Um, yeah. And so you notice it's very, I mean, I mentioned physical details. Yes. It's physically involved. And all that may seem like a lot of detail, but I give that example again, because one, I don't really know the habits 
of anyone else. Like, I know my habits. Right. Um, and two, I can point to specific things that even though you won't do it exactly the same way I will, hopefully. Maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, you probably won't. But all that to say, this can serve as a template that we can go through to say, here are some things you should do in principle yeah. when you're thinking about how do I develop the habit of secret worship? Because I think people, Christians want to do that. And sometimes, I mean, it's just like, I needed help in this. I just didn't know how to do it. I was like, my habits are not designed to help me do this anyway. Right. So I need to like do the work of developing new habits, which is hard. Yeah. All that to say, I think, I think I've got four basic observations here that are helpful when you're thinking about this for yourself. The first thing is, is you should have a set apart space for secret worship. You need to make that your space. You know, there may be days, again, there are always exceptions. Yeah. Um, there may be days where it's like, ah, I just, I can't, you know, things are crazy today. I can't make this happen. But the habit, you know, the, the regular happening should be that you have a place where you go and that is your place for devotion and private secret worship. So like mine right now is my office slash study. That's where I go. Uh, maybe yours is going to be the guest bedroom or maybe it's a table at a particular coffee shop or it's a desk in your bedroom. Wherever it happens to be, you just need to pick a place and say, that's going to be the place where I do it okay. every day. Like, you know, and at least going to commit to like 21 days. You know, the old yeah. folk wisdom is 21 days to build a habit. I don't know how true <laughs> that actually is, but like, I'm going to commit. I'm doing it in this space. Yeah. Then the second thing is you need to give yourself something to cue your body that it's time to pray or read. Now, my cue is my cup of coffee, right? I can have my coffee once I've prayed and I drink it while I'm reading. So like that does a couple like, believe it or not, strange things for me, like mm -hmm. bodily and mentally. Like for instance, the strange result is now that if I drink, say a second coffee in the afternoon, which isn't normal, but it does happen, I'm thinking of reading the Bible and like what I read this morning because I've so tied yeah. Bodily it's, drinking coffee with reading the scriptures. It's like it's like a, a memory trigger. Yeah, yeah. It's this like bodily association, and that cue ties you bodily to what's happening. So like coffee is a good and easy natural one if you're if you're doing this in the morning, but yeah. maybe you're not doing it in the morning. Like I you don't have to. You no, know, I still think it's a good trigger. That's yeah. Like, well, maybe you want coffee at eight p.m. You I know, do. maybe. <laughs> But coffee is a good one. Maybe, depending on what time you're doing it, maybe you listen to a certain song. Maybe you have a certain drink or a certain snack. But whatever it is, it's a bodily cue that engages your senses, whether yeah. it's a smell, touch, taste, whatever that happens to be that, like you were saying, kind of bodily associates you with what's happening. And then the third one is pick a consistent time. Again, you know, again, there are always exceptions, but of course. You, should, you should try to commit to having a consistent time with it, whether that's morning or evening. The point is, I'm going to have this space set apart, I'm going to have this queue, and I'm going to be doing it at this time mm -hmm. in general. Because then, like, your general internal clock kind of triggers you when it's like, oh, like, this thing is happening yeah. like it's this time of day or this is like i need to be doing this i'm at the point now where it's like when i wake up in the morning because i just do it like first thing in the morning it's like oh yeah like it just it's time to be in that mode yeah it's a natural part of of your yeah your like autopilot it's like it takes you there exactly exactly and then the fourth thing is get your body involved and what i mean by that is like when i pray i kneel when i read i'm looking out my window toward the sunrise because again that bodily posture informs what what you're doing like that that I'm trying I, I struggle with how to articulate that maybe you don't kneel for instance but maybe you stand and pray or you you read with your palms turned up but the point of this is it it further creates rhythms 
that reinforce what's happening in your heart and mind. You know, the philosopher James K.A. Smith would say, uh, we're not just brains on a stick, so what you do with your body is important. We're embodied souls, and our bodies help inform our responses to the world and vice versa. Yeah. So, like, when I kneel, that's a posture of prayer. I know, like, oh, when I when I kneel, it's time to pray. And I was like, oh, when, it's, when I pray, I ought to be kneeling, because that's a position of humility. And everyone's right. like, oh, I need to be humble, and I'm coming before you know, an almighty God. And again, you don't have to do it exactly like that, but something that triggers your body and gets it involved in that rhythm. So you want a time, a place, a recurring cue to kind of enter in, mm-hmm. and then a physical action in the midst of it. Yes. Okay. And uh, I, I mean, those are the kinds of things that will help you develop good habits, I mean, in general, but in particular of secret worship. And that's the whole thing about this, right? The point of doing things rhythmically and dare I say predictably, like having rituals and habits, yeah. particularly when it comes to something that seems so untouchable and sacred as a relationship with God, is we don't do it just because, like we said earlier, that's just the way we do it. That's how you get dead religion. I mean, yeah. that's how you can have mainline denominations who do the liturgy and they they are so dead. I mean, like they it's like, where where is your love for Christ? Like mm-hmm. you do all the pieces of the liturgy, but you've forgotten why you do them. Yeah. As I read this morning in Revelation chapter three, you have forgotten your first love. Like that's oh, like yeah. that's what they do. Like you're doing like you have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Mm-hmm. So we do this, we develop these rhythms and these habits because when we're connected to why we're doing them and we we remember that, we do it to posture ourselves to meet consistently with the Lord in worship. And to go back to your point, it kind of puts us on this like good autopilot. Yeah. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And then and like to your point about about like rote practice mm-hmm. that kind of like loses its meaning. You know, these are decisions and practices that you you have crafted for yourself. Yeah. You know, that you described and in a personal way rather than somebody else's rhythms that you do and don't know why. Yeah. Like they've been intentional and they're also tailored. Yeah. And all that to say too, I mean, like we ought to make it our, I don't think any Christian would deny, we ought to make it our habit to lift our hearts up to the Lord. I don't know any Christian would say, no, you ought not do that, right? <laughs> nah, nah, bro. No. Um, but that means that we have to develop the habit <laughs> yeah. of lifting our hearts up to the Lord. And these rituals help us develop those habits or those habits to help us develop this ritual, you know, however you want to word it's somehow it. somehow cyclical. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, it's just like, it's a good yeah. reinforcement of these things. I think C.S. Lewis said it best when he uh, once wrote, and I'm paraphrasing this, I don't have his exact quote here, I'm calling it from memory, but you think about habits and rituals and liturgies like this as like learning the moves of a dance by memory. Like, it's clunky at first, and you might even feel frustrated. Like, you know, anytime you try to develop new habits or get rid of bad ones, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm caveating this now. C.S. Lucent said this. I should probably have broken this up better. But like, when you're either trying to develop a new habit or getting rid of a bad one, I think you have like the first couple of days, you have this energy and this resolve about it. Like, you're like, yeah, it's, like I'm doing like this. The January of your resolution. Exactly. Yeah, that's such a great <laughs> metaphor. Um, and you have this, that energy kind of sustains you for a while. But then yeah. you get to that midway point where it's like, Man. the energy's gone. It, the habit isn't formed yet and it's like oof golly so it's frustrating but to go back to c.s lewis's image the point of learning the moves of a dance by heart is not so that you like well i just do this dance just because it's what i do you know it's just the way we've always done it the point is so that you might move in perfect rhythm with the beloved person you're dancing with yeah you know your eyes fixed on one another and enjoying one another's presence in a display of unity and beauty and then i think in a roundabout way i hesitate to say this because i don't know if it needs a lot of qualification but i think there can become a point where you can do something just because it's the way you do it and it's good right and it's not dead religion if that makes sense like why have you become such a forgiving and kind person 
Uh, just yeah. because that's what I do. Like it's a <laughs> habit. Like my habit is to be kind. And yeah. And I think in that sense, your habits can be good. If that's like the end, mm. if you're not just saying like, if you're, you know, crass and grumpy and you know, you, you're, you know, slandering your neighbor and like, but you're still doing this. It's like, like, why are you doing that? Well, it's just because what I do, it's like, what I do. Like, Slander, uh, okay. What I do. No. Yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> so yeah. So heading here into the new year, that's, um, yes, hopefully uh, <laughs> that was helpful in your own thinking about developing this habit. If, if it's not already or if you're trying to reconsider how you do it you know exactly yeah so that's uh that's all i have to say about that that well, was i don't know if i was going for forrest gump there or what but yeah I, hey yeah that's fine yeah and you know what thank you for for listening to the first podcast of 2020 we so appreciate it yeah and uh we appreciate you we do thank you Yes, and uh, if you were helped by today's episode and you enjoy our banter and our rambling and all of that, uh, you can go to the iTunes store and uh, leave us an honest five-star review. You certainly can, because as we say... It's the only kind of honest. And it's the only kind of vibe. That's true. And if you have any other questions, you can shoot them to us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or interact with us on social media. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.